this week's catch-up is a bit of a mixed bag, with some news on tariff exclusions, a look at some standardization that is happening within China's social credit system, and lastly, a status update on air travel to China. From the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Owen is our director in Shanghai. Hey, Owen, welcome back. Hey, Ian. All right, so let's start with some of the uh, recent news from USTR. I know there's been a few tariff exclusions extended recently. Uh, what extra details can you fill in there for us? Yeah, we work with a number of companies that import product into China from the U.S. and also many that export products from China uh, to the U.S. And we've been tracking tariff changes over the years since the U.S. imposed additional tariffs, the Section 301 tariffs on goods coming from China to the U.S., which led to a real tariff uh, roller coaster of fluctuations of tariff increases, uh, exclusions, and a lot of uncertainty. Uh, during these tariff increases, some products were excluded uh, from those tariff hikes in an exclusion process, which both the U.S. and, and China had that allowed specific products to be or excluded uh, from those tariff increases. And a number of companies were able to successfully take advantage of that to get their products removed uh, and pay the original rate. The exclusions on the U.S. side went into effect last year and expired on September 1. Um, the U.S. Trade Representative extended these exclusions for some 14 10-digit HS code and also uh, 73 specific products. Uh, but it just extended these exclusions until December 31st this year instead of uh, one year. The products exclusions that were extended cover a range of products with a number of uh, medical and healthcare products included in that list, as well as uh, including face masks. It includes electronics like LCD TVs, wireless communication devices, as well as many household consumer uh, products like blankets and other items. It's good to see an extension on these, of course, but uh, there's always uncertainty when companies are not sure what will happen uh, when these expire. So come you know December 31st, what will happen? This can definitely create challenges for companies and their planning, uh, inventory management, um, and just overall kind of uncertainty about what may happen. I uh, just wanted to provide a brief update on that since many of our companies have been tracking tariffs uh, in China and also in the U.S., Okay, uh, good. How, how about the social credit system? I, I know there seemed to be a flurry of media activity a while back about it, but that seems to have lessened somewhat lately. Uh, any new developments there you can add for us? Yeah, on the social credit system, just wanted to note a recent article posted on our website on implementation of China's social credit system. This is something that many of our member companies have been tracking closely over the past years. I know in Shanghai, uh, we met with a number of uh, companies that had questions about it, especially their executives that were visiting from the U.S. that kind of wanted to get a grasp on what the social credit system is and, and what the implications might be for companies. Um, this is supposed to be fully implemented this year uh, in the original plan. The system is basically a way to rate companies, individuals, and organizations on a variety of metrics. It, it goes far beyond what folks in the U.S. would think of when we think of credit ratings, uh, which are based on repayment of our debts. And the China system considers a variety of factors related to regulatory compliance and, and behavior. Um, there's still a lot of questions about uh, the exact metrics, but it's something kind of like a better business bureau, but but far more complex. The, the draft guiding opinions that my colleagues cover in our article are mostly focused on standardizing what would be considered behavior that would ding a social credit score uh, and also standardizing some of those penalties. So it provides a little bit more uh, guidance 
guidance or clarity on, on what we may expect, but there aren't too many details in there and there's still a lot of questions. Uh, the details are being sorted out at the local level uh, and their implementation, but so far, um, you know, China's already built credit profiles for so, some uh, 26 million companies and, and organizations. So it's, it's starting to, to be implemented and starting to be used. Most important thing for most companies that we've had conversations with that have been looking at this very closely or had concerns about it is just making sure uh, these companies have clean uh, compliance uh, records, you know, regulatory compliance with the different regulators that may be relevant to their business, uh, because that's really what's going to be you know, looked at in these initial uh, uh, reviews of companies and their and their social credit scores. Yeah, I'll include a link to that article you mentioned in the description. And as always, you can also find those articles on our website, uh, uschina.org. Uh, all right, last but not least is air travel. So what's the story there? Can people get back to China yet? Yeah, short story on travel between the U.S. and China is that it is still highly restricted. You'll need a special approval to receive a China business visa, a process which we've shared on our website. And the U.S. also still has restrictions on non-U.S. citizens traveling to the U.S. So we're far from being things being back to normal uh, when we say uh, when we saw f- you know frequent business and tourism travel uh, between both countries. But the the news here is that. On, on travel between the U.S. and China is that they're doubling flights um, that would be allowed between the U.S. and China, I believe, to eight flights a, a week uh, for these airlines. And uh, United Airlines, for example, said they're increasing flights from San Francisco to Shanghai uh, starting September 4th. In my own scan and looking at flights, uh, the searches that come up, they're still very expensive uh, compared to what they previously were. So about $4,000 uh, for a one-way economy ticket, which is about four times what they uh, usually were in the past you know, year ago. Um, and they still require, at least the ones that you know I brought up, still require a transfer somewhere, such as in South Korea. Uh, but hopefully the opening of new flights, and we'll see here after September 4th for United, for example, um, that uh, you know we'll see those more options there, hopefully some direct options, and then uh, see some prices come down too. Uh, so those searching for flights should definitely keep an eye out here in the coming weeks um, if you're actively looking for uh, a flight uh, from uh, U.S. to China or, or the other way around. China does still have quarantine requirements for visitors, so those that do successfully receive an, a visa, and keep in mind your if you had a visa before, um, I believe, March 28th or 23rd, um, that is not valid. Uh, if you had a 10-year business visa, you would need to get a new one. Um, you'd still be subject to 14-day quarantine, which will look a little bit different depending on which city you're flying into um, as actual quarantine process is enforced by the local government, CDC. All right. Owen, as always, thank you for the wrap-up. Always good to hear from you. Thank you, Ian. We'll hear from you again in a few weeks. Again, Owen is the director in our Shanghai office. China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. You can learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, give us a rating, leave us a review. Helps other people find it and its feedback for us as well. So, as always, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week.